on this episode of the 2x e-commerce podcast show i have a guest from the print on demand platform teespring do stay tuned Welcome to 2X E-Commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I, Kenei, answers them. Also hear from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work in or own an online retail business, listen in, get involved, join me and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth. So on the inbound marketing strategies, how do you beat Amazon? Natural search and our search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the website. I personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at all. My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. With retail moving online, finding a good domain name has become ever so important. But the challenge is that most decent.com addresses are either difficult to acquire or unavailable. The good news is that retailers now have a powerful alternative with the .store domain name. The .store domain name will be short, relevant, and directly associate your site with e-commerce and retail. Search engines give .store domains the equal attention and importance as .com TLDs. .store domains have already been adapted by top brands such as Emirates. So if you check out Emirates.store, you get to a store there, Jimi Hendrix, so Jimi Hendrix.store, and F1, Formula One, F1.store. If you want a short and snappy domain name for your retail brand or your online store, you can now get a .store domain for just £4.99, which is about $6.99, using the coupon code 2XSTORE. That's 2XSTORE on get.store. Just go to get.store in your search engines and use 2XSTORE. This episode is brought to you by Clavio. It is a game-changing email automation tool specifically built for scaling e-commerce businesses. I'm not just saying it. I use Clavio in my e-commerce store and stores are advised for. Household names in the e-commerce space such as Brooklyn Inn, Bonobos and Chobis use Clavio. Here's why. Clavio has one of the most impressive feature sets in the e-commerce email personalization space at the moment. Besides the one-click setup, Clavio's pixel tracks visitor behavior to help you set up highly effective custom email funnels. Clavio also offers pre-built autoresponders for cart abandonment, upsells, and win-back campaigns. Clavio's most game-changing feature is its Facebook audiences integration, which helps your email list to sync up with your Facebook ad campaigns. So as you continue to scale up your store, Clavio will help automate a lot more sales. Try Clavio today on Clavio.com, spelt K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I am your host, Kunle Campbell, and this is the e-commerce podcast show dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. If you're looking to 2, 3X or even 10X your e-commerce business, just stay tuned because I handpick the guests who come in to provide valuable information to, to, to allow you hit your goals, your growth targets. So if you're looking to adjust metrics such as 
conversions, average order value, repeat customers, traffic, and ultimately sales. You're in the right place. Welcome to the show. On today's show, I have with me um, a gentleman by the name of Chris Lamontang. He is the head of commercial in um, the print and demand platform called Teespring. And, you know, it, it is quite, you know, interesting. The print and demand, you know, industry has matured, you know, and um, he's going to be talking about um, the opportunities now on, on print and demand. And um, if you're not aware of print and demand, um, it is pretty much, um, you know, a platform they're, they're pretty much e-commerce platforms in which, you know, um, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, you know, um, e-commerce businesses can go in, put their designs in. And um, once they put their designs in, they can get T-shirts, you know, sweatshirts and, you know, general merchandise, you know, that, that they could um, eventually sell. So there's been a huge, you know, um, you know, industry that's gone around print and demand. And it's 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 been, you know, been growing really fast. And I think like, the, the ethos of this interview really with Chris, which you're going to, you know, listen shortly, is where the opportunity actually lies for print and demand for, you know, um established e-commerce businesses. Um so if you're, you know, running um, you know, an e-commerce business around um you're selling, say, um bathroom products, you you can still leverage print and demand um to, to actually grow and you know um you know and, and gain some empathy or you know gain some from following and you know some some brand awareness with your customers so we're going to talk about all of that in terms of where the opportunity lies for not just um the micro entrepreneur but the growing small you know business or even mid-sized you know e-commerce business so it's 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 going to be quite an interesting you know conversation um yeah I'll, I'll just say listen in you know take notes you know um it's it, the key takeaway here is you know um print and demand is not necessarily only for the internet marketer or you know the affiliate marketer it's um it's 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 broadening in terms of its um scope and and also um, we're going to be talking about, you know, how like, um, Teespring is expanding, you know, into marketplaces. So yeah, um, without further ado, um, I'd like to welcome, or, um, I'd like to more or less, um, introduce you guys to, you know, um, the show will just move in and, you know, listen in and yeah, it's going to be exciting. Hi, Chris. I'm super excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Uh, thank you for having me, Kenley. I'm very excited to be here. Brilliant. Could you take a minute or less to, to introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah. My name is Chris Lamontagna. I'm the VP of Commercial at Teespring. Awesome. And um, what does Teespring... Some of our guests will know what Teespring, you know, um, offers, but what what is Teespring, you know, um, as an e-commerce company or platform? Yeah, so so Teespring uh, is an e-commerce platform. It's funny, uh, people who've kind of been in the e-commerce space will no doubt have kind of heard or heard about Teespring. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of been around since 2011. Okay. Um, really raised, rose to fame um, as a print-on-demand T-shirt platform. So that was the idea of you could come, you had an idea, you created a product and you created digital inventory online to be able to then go and ship that product. And, and that was really the, the basis of our business for a very long time. 
some people kind of were able to build incredibly strong businesses on Teespring. Mm-hmm. Um, traditionally run through kind of affiliate marketing or internet marketing, creating a product and then running ads. But the kind of the new evolution of Teespring is is really to extend the meaning of a platform. So yeah. us becoming more of a partner to help brands sell online. Okay. And that's really the kind of uh, the way we book it in kind of our, our offering today. Interesting evolution. And um, speaking of evolution, I, I can see you've gone well past beyond, um, you know, um, T-shirts. I'm, I'm on here. I yeah. see canvases, pillows, posters, tapestries, socks, um, phone cases, towels, yeah. flags, the lot. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like what, what's fascinating about that kind of is, is we started in this kind of world of effectively anything you can print on. Or anything that can be customized can be become a product on Teespring. But even beyond what you're seeing today, some of the stuff where we're working on in the background is how do we get to a world where we actually allow uh, a seller or a creator to sell any product that they want to sell and using the kind of the print on demand uh, infrastructure, this pre-commerce model, mm. how do we actually build out some of the, the kind of capability here? So mm. that's like a big piece for us is um, continuing to evolve that product line to be able mm. to open up more, more to different customers. I mean, speaking of pre-commerce, the entire crowdfunding, you know, industry is is driven by pre-commerce. You you build a buzz around, you know, um, a product. You you get your first thousand raving fans, and um, bingo, you raise some money, and then you deliver months after. Yeah, pre-commerce it, it was kind of a term, maybe like three, four years ago. It was a kind of a bit of a buzzword in the valley in terms of. Um, companies, kind of various different companies being invested in uh, around kind of this pre-commerce idea. But it's fascinating for me to be able to see it kind of adopted by some of the, big, some of the bigger companies. Mm. You know, Tesla is probably the most notable example of, mm. you know, what I think it was probably 18 months ago, maybe two years ago now, like when Elon Musk tweeted Model out three, about right? the Model 3, yeah, yeah, which I think he's paying for a little bit now. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, you know, like it's an incredible thing to think, um, you know, that many car sales were generated before even a product had hit the production line. Mm-hmm. So you can see it start to be adopted. And, you know, as it's then applied to e-commerce specifically, you know, you think about how disruptive an idea like that is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see it on an everyday basis of um, working with lots of different vendors who have to try and get rid of surplus stock of kind of warehouse space, um, all of these very complex supply chains that you've got to go and build. Mm-hmm. Um, and really pre-commerce solves all of that if you've got the, the know-how. And you know that's where we've invested a lot of our time and resources to really become leaders in that space yeah. of, around understanding how that works. It's a really agile, you know, um, setup, you know, um, the, the pre-commerce. Okay, let, let's talk about... Um, you know, um, well, tea, how people use Teespring, you know, today, how merchants use Teespring, you know, today. Mm. And so, so a lot of our listeners are, um, you know, they, 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 they already run, um, you know, e-commerce businesses or, yeah. you know, they're part of, you know, established e-commerce businesses. What use cases are, are you seeing, um, not just startup e-tailers or startup wannabe e-tailers, um, you know, adopting or creators more or less, you know, um, adopting, but, but 
what, what are you seeing from, are these small businesses or, you know, established businesses using Teespring to, for lever in some yeah. way, shape or form? So, so we probably have, we have three specific customers on, on Teespring who kind of use the platform. Um, we categorize them in, in these different buckets. So first of all, we'd have a internet marketer stroke e-commerce expert. And whether that's an individual or a group of individuals kind of collected around an organization, that's kind of like our, our predominant customer and has been our predominant customer. Mm-hmm. Um, we, um, we then have like a designer style, um, person. So that would effectively be someone who has a real kind of eye for, Hey, this is the type of product I want to create. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need a platform to be able to go and do that. And then we would have like a third customer of like a content creator. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is someone who already has a, an audience. So we have mm-hmm. like a lot of YouTubers who sell with us, a lot of bloggers, mm-hmm. a lot of Instagrammers, that mm-hmm. kind of separate mm-hmm. audience. And there's definitely some crossover in those as well. But as it kind of pertains to um, the e-commerce aspect of, um, you know, traditional e-commerce as, as we understand it, people traditionally come to use Teespring um, really to unlock a lot of the um, distress and hassle from the supply chain, customer service, payment gateways, all of those kind of services that can cause some headaches in e-commerce. Yeah. Effectively at Teespring, that's like a turnkey solution. So okay. you come, all of that's kind of taken care of. Okay. Um, so, so that's like a big element of that. So people potentially who use Shopify, for example, rather than having to manage lots of different plugins and lots of different um kind of lots of different aspects to be able to manage your e-commerce presence. Mm -hmm. Really, we've created an ecosystem that kind of goes um, a step beyond to kind of of contain things a little bit more and to be a little bit more straightforward um, to to really encourage people to actually focus on the ideation and creation of product and not necessarily get bogged down in in kind of the supply chain aspects. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, let me give a use case um i know a lady she's called jess i'm not going to give you give a full name she okay. runs a, a pet shop um okay. in i think california um yeah. we we work together sometimes and um she's perhaps you know um she wants to create um you know she she she, she sells you know dog supplies you know dog dog yeah. pet supplies and then she wants to, you know, uh, I don't know, donate to a charity or something. And yeah. she's creating t-shirts. So, um, so she wants to create some t-shirts and some mugs and, you know, some, you know, print and demand, you know, stuff, um, mm-hmm. mer- merchandise, um, for, for customers to buy and also probably to give out, um, would Jess, um, have all of the, um, inventory pre-sales or pre-commerce inventory, on her website and then redirect that traffic to Teespring or would she just drive traffic straight to Teespring for people to purchase? So what I'm trying to ask in essence is, um, does all, do all the transactions occur on Teespring or does Teespring enable like, um, I don't know, Shopify owners or, um, you know, Mm. um, Shopify stores or, um, e-commerce stores, you know, um, you know, just, um, process the payment and then they, they, you know, kind of, um, you know, come back to, to Teespring to, to, to fulfill yeah. at some point. Or... So, so first of all, there's, there's lots of, um, 
well, first of all, actually, pets is probably one of our biggest categories of products. Dogs, in fact, is uh, one of the biggest niches that sells on Teespring. So Jess would probably do quite well quite quickly. Mm. Um, now, in terms of the solution that we, uh, the solutions that we have, really there's a, um, first of all, she wouldn't need to hold any inventory. So what we would say to Jess in, a, in kind of in, the, in, the, in the ability to use the platform would be, right, what are the ideas that you kind of want to come up to? So you mentioned T-shirts there, you mentioned kind of mugs, any of the other product range that we have. So she would effectively come to the platform, create a product on teespring.com. And on there, we've got a very powerful tool, which is the Composer tool, where you can 3D mock up products and kind of understand and what they're going to look like. You can kind of write titles and descriptions. So a pretty powerful tool which allows you to kind of plug in um, into the Teespring ecosystem. Yeah. Then um, then uh, she can set her price. That's kind of all, all within kind of the, the setup. At that point, um, a point of hitting launch, that product now exists. It exists as, as digital inventory. Um, importantly, though, we haven't had to go and find a supplier. We haven't had to go and find print shirts and wait for them to sell. There's mm -hmm. been zero cost involved at this point. Correct. Then um, the, the kind of the additional features of Teespring are that Jess could then set up a storefront. So she could set up her own storefront where she could actually host all of her different products. Um, we do offer custom domains. So Jess will potentially be able to have her own custom domain okay. uh, linked to her Teespring storefront. Those Teespring storefronts can be customized, um, but we've kind of built it in uh, in a way that kind of best optimizes for sales and conversion. Obviously, we've got thousands, hundreds of thousands of, of storefronts, which you know we're studying all the time about what works best. So, so just to be able to create a storefront, she'd even either be able to have that storefront as its own entity, um, or she could link it to her website and have it kind of in, in some kind of subdomain uh, onto the website. Okay. But transactions would run through Teespring. Okay. The 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 reason why is because that way we were able to track all of the analytics. So a powerful part of, of this is okay. all of the back-end analytics are all tracked. So how many sales, where the sales are coming from, what source the sales are coming from. Um, so that kind of gives just the, the infrastructure to be able to then go and launch that business. Okay. Um she would then either be able to kind of push them out to uh, push the products that she's created out to her customer base. Mm -hmm. So either that's through social channels or digital marketing. Um, but uniquely, she could also opt in for the boosted network. Mm -hmm. And this is um, the, the kind of the technology which, you know, as a company, we really get behind. Um, this is the ability to actually push Jess's products mm -hmm. to the most engaged marketplaces in the world. So that is your Amazon, eBay, Walmart, Wish, um, over out in Asia. So all of a sudden, in creating that single listing, mm -hmm. we've been able to boost that product across the internet in various different mm -hmm. bits of real estate mm -hmm. that we've kind of gone out and built. So 
unlike maybe a kind of a self-hosted option uh, where it's solely reliant upon kind of how much work that like the, the creator puts in we've built an ecosystem that actually pushes the product out into the right spot and mm. and importantly optimizes that and kind of communicates you know sales driving back into jesse that account. makes sense so so you're essentially now going into multi-channel through the marketplaces you're you're listed on um you're you're going you're you're pushing it multi-channel on behalf of um you know creators on on your platform on teespring yeah, so this has been a you know a really important kind of evolution in the in the Teespring model is trying to um, democratize uh, our kind of our seller base. What we don't want is well, what we want to do is to build an ecosystem where it's really about the products that people create. It's about the ideas that people can come up with because we believe that everyone's got great ideas and we want to um, you know. We've got something written in our in our office on the wall, which is ideas make us infinite. And mm. like we see ideas, we see the ideas every single day, and the most unique ideas um, that people come to Teespring with. And we want to weaponize that. We want to mm. empower people to have more ideas and to use our platform to be able to go and do that. So um, we've basically we've brokered relationships with various different marketplaces. These are kind of unique, exclusive relationships that allow us. Um, to work with these marketplaces to surface the best, most relevant and timely content in high-profile ways within these marketplaces that allow us to maximize sales. And that's kind of, as you can imagine, it's a constantly um, evoluting kind of process in Mm -hmm. regards to analyzing that data, understanding how it works. And that's become a, a fundamental part of, of how we as a business are thinking about the future. Very, very interesting. I, I, where I see a lot of opportunity is, you know, um, existing growing e-commerce brands. So you say you're running a subscription commerce business for yoga pants yeah. or um, just for, for yoga enthusiast or, you know, um, you're mm-hmm. running a pet shop like Jess. Um, you could potentially, you know, leverage a, a platform like Teespring um, just to, to 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 get your your Raven fans excited, you know, to serve mm. your Raven fans more, either by gifting some items to your VIP customers, yeah. or you know, actually even you know, um, selling you know, um, you know, some of your items and giving some to charity. So there are many ways to connect further with your with your, your with your audience or customer base. By you know leveraging you know a you know print and demand platform like like Teespring, and I don't know whether that many you know online retailers have actually considered it um, as a potential growth channel, both from an emotional connection standpoint and you know a bit of revenue. You could actually do really quite well, you know, if you know one of your designs you know take off in in a marketplace when you, when you guys distribute. Oh, of course. Of course, and, and I think you know you touched upon it earlier, Connie, about like this kind of omni-channel idea. Mm. We kind of think of that around a, um, you know, kind of how do you take a more holistic view at your business? And I think more and more in the world of e-commerce, mm. um, it's it's critically important to take these views that you can't be reliant on any any one channel. And you know, we've seen a lot of sellers who've been totally reliant upon. Um, 
specific channels to kind of drive growth and all of a sudden you know um, that platform might change or algorithmically something happens or you know all of these different things which you know we see on kind of a daily basis happening mm-hmm. um, being reliant upon channel is, is not good business um, so that this is why we've kind of taken some of the steps to create this ecosystem that mm-hmm. um, kind of spreads risk but also spreads opportunity as well and i think you know for for smaller e-commerce players um for people who are looking to kind of drive growth diversification into into new channels and new areas is is a critically important thing um i think a lot of people get scared um in doing that and and worry about the cost associated um to be and the, the resource associated with kind of losing focus on one particular thing Mm. Um, but that's why pre, pre-commerce and a print-on-demand model and made-on-demand model with zero cost up front provides quite a, quite a unique opportunity, actually, for you to kind of get into a new industry and mm. start really leveraging platforms like Teespring um, to be able to go and do that. Very much, super interesting, super interesting. So um, just to flesh things out a, a little bit, how many countries do you operate in, um, Teespring? Yeah, so we actually ship to um, 180 countries. So okay. we've got a totally international shipping. Um, we've got offices, our head office in San Francisco, which, which is where I'm based here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got an office in London. We've got a office in Vietnam, mm-hmm. um, uh, Bangladesh, India, um, and Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also got an engineering team down in Argentina. So we're a pretty global oh. business. We've got some teams out in Spain. Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty global business. Uh, and and uh, your because uh, I I had um I had the founder of um lost my name yeah um, I know lost my name yeah yeah, name. Um, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're no longer called lost my name they're, they're a new name now uh, Wonder Wonderly I think and um, I think one of the their print on demand storybook company yeah 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 you know, for those of um, for those who who don't know um one of the key growth levers for them um, was as you said you know how global you are. Um, but they also logistically had to partner up with providers at specific, you know, geographies. So I suppose someone um, they they partnered with companies in South America mm-hmm. to reach the South American market. Um, they were in various European, you know, countries, and they they also expanded to the states and, and the like. Um, do you have similar facilities? So the fact that you you you, you ship to 180 countries. Um, where 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 are the items made? Are they in a single location or distributed across the? Yeah, so so uniquely, we own our own fulfillment center, wow, okay. uh, which is based out in Kentucky, okay. uh, Kentucky in the US. Um, that is a, a huge facility that gives us so much advantage in in oh. being able to kind of insource new products and ship ship internationally. Mm. We do also have partners globally though as well. So we uh, we have partners out in Europe, um, working with partners out in Asia uh, to be able to help us kind of um, kind of further extend that reach. Mm. But a, a huge investment on our side went into kind of building our own state of the art facility. Um, what's fascinating about that is just that some of the technology that powers that so really the connection from as soon as an order is processed effectively the we've built all of the infrastructure that 
takes that order right down to the printing press, mm. to the machine, for it to be sent out and to sort it. So we've built out a, a very much kind of end-to-end solution. Okay. Um, whilst that was kind of painful in the early years, trying to kind of think some of that through, mm. um, it's really now starting to bear fruit as we open up more of these kind of um, marketplaces and international infrastructure on, on the front end. It makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Um, what do you, what do you see as a future of printed demand? Um, what, what I'm thinking, let me answer my, let me answer the Go question please. for you. <laughs> 3d printing, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts on 3d printing? Do you think it's a natural transition for, for a company like Teespring and other prints and demand companies to start to three, 3d print concepts, you know, um, no. you know, brought by creators really. Yeah, I think um, that's definitely going to be a direction that where this world moves to 3D printing. Um, you know, we've we've kind of done various different experiments, which have been which have gone pretty successfully around kind of projects like that. I also though kind of think that print on demand, or you know, we we actually refer to it as made on demand now because we think beyond printing, um, which I suppose comes into kind of the 3D world, um, but made on demand. Um, has a real opportunity to disrupt the traditional supply chain. Um, and I think we're seeing this more and more, and we kind of see it on a day-to-day basis, uh, um, that the waste that exists in the, in the existing supply chain across across lots of diff- different industries, by the way, but if you just take fashion as an example, um, it's fascinating, really. If you think about, like, even if you look at, like, the fact that outlet uh, outlet industry, like the outlet industry of fashion actually exists, which is like stuff that's gone out of stock that, you know, people don't necessarily yeah. want. So there's a whole outlet market. The fact that exists, I think, is, is a huge indication to necessarily people not necessarily being able to dem- uh, anticipate demand of, of certain different product. Um, and you look at some of the waste that is kind of, you know, particularly in this world of fast fashion, you know, where it's like you wear something once and you can buy it so cheap that you don't mind paying, you know, 10, 10 pounds or ten dollars to be able to go and buy a t-shirt to wear once and never wear again. You know, fashion's be- or apparel industry has become so disposable, and that's also kind of prevalent in, in other industries as well. So. I think getting to this kind of made-on-demand model, particularly as e-commerce becomes more and more uh, established, this becomes incredibly interesting to how it really disrupts traditional supply chain. And this is where I think, you know, small e-commerce businesses should be trying to think about print-on-demand. You know, surplus stock does not make sense anymore, and we're a lot smarter than that. With understanding kind of the digital customer, you can begin to build up data models to anticipate customer demand and to build out a supply chain robust enough to be able to cope with an order of one or an order of a hundred or whatever that is. So I think we um, we're still pretty early on this. You know, we we see this world kind of evolving. You know, we were one of the earliest and kind of really treading the way into in kind of go and create um, this print-on-demand world. Um, but I, I see, and, you know, based off some of the conversations we're having, I see that this kind of bigger companies and bigger supply chain businesses starting to look at our model in, in a much more interesting way. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay. Um, so do you have any... 
any tips, you know, for people who want to, you know, um, start to, you know, who are considering, you know, getting started to started on, on Teespring, uh, any tips <clears throat> for thriving on, on Teespring as, um, you know, as, as Teespring, um, you know, um, merchants or, or creators or contributors? Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it's funny. I, I often have, um, I have very in-depth conversations with Uber drivers who are like, how can I be an internet marketer or how can I build my own business online? You know, it's, it's probably my, uh, it's probably my most engaged conversations about uh, Teespring yeah. <laughs> usually happen in the back of an Uber, in an Uber, Uber. Like who want to be able to sell, sell online, which, which is quite funny. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of distill it to, you know, a variety of uh, kind of variety of different suggestions. First of all, um, experimentation is, is the key, right? It's like dedicating enough time to be able to try out ideas um and you know you really just need to kind of block out some time to say hey i'm going to give this kind of platform a couple of hours to kind of go through we create a a huge amount of content Mm. um our sellers actually also create huge amounts of content as well to be able to promote like how they've been successful so so there's so much content online so that's just kind of like you know some deep research and to be able to understand some of that stuff Then I would say there's a really important kind of moment that I think where we've seen people be really successful is drilling into what what you find important and to um, something you care and understand about. So whether that is um, trying to understand like what your friendship group like, you know, what would what would be attractive to them or what would be attractive to you. And I think often we, this is where we see people kind of trip up. We have people come to the platform who try and create products for like an audience that maybe not that they're familiar with. Um, People who've been really, really successful is like, they've almost created a product for themselves and then pushed it out to their own friends and family and networks. And that's how it's kind of gained momentum back in, um, Back in 2017, February 2017, we had a guy come onto the platform who'd never sold on Teespring before. Um, he created a, um, a T-shirt, a really cool black T-shirt, which was um, a quote from uh, from the senator from uh, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Warren, which was, uh, nevertheless, she persisted. This guy came onto the platform, uh, created this T-shirt. He went to bed. Um, and woke up and had had, a, had 2,000 sales the next morning. <laughs> he went on to sell over 40,000 shirts over the next two weeks just because this whole thing went viral. So, But, you know, in speaking to the guy, he was actually incredibly genuine about, like, he felt so emotive about this particular topic. He thought, <laughs> well, actually, I just want to create this product. And he tweeted it out and I've just created this product. He ended up donating a lot, donating a lot of the profits to Planned Parenthood, mm. to, the, uh, to the charity. So, but, you know, like in understanding that spark of creativity, mm. um, it came from like a real kind of emotive feeling. It wasn't mm. like, hey, I'm, and I want to sell this to tons Correct. of people. Mm-hmm. This was like, I want to create this product because I feel passionately about it. And yeah. it just so happened that there were, you know, yeah, 40 other, 40,000 other people who also felt very passionate about this. So that's like a really great example. We have even smaller um, examples of like community groups who, you know, want to raise money or um, commemorate something or someone. Um, we have that very often. 
we have like fans and kind of uh, you know particular um, particular niches or hobbies. So things around like um, real traditional things, so like fishing or uh, motorbikes or you know like these kind of niches that were ha- kind of communities that have organised themselves. Mm. Um, you know, you can start to kind of work with those to develop products that those people would love. So that's been a really successful tactic of where someone's be able to intercept the group's interest Correct. and a product. And, mm-hmm. and that's been a very successful way to be able to launch. Interesting. So, so it really, you know, boils down to the fundamentals of, of creating an emotive connection with, with mm-hmm. an audience which is mm-hmm. which is quite interesting. Um, I you know um, shortly after Mark Zuckerberg's um, um, you know Senate um, you know his his the his call to to Senate um, to testify mm-hmm. on, on the on the data breach, um, lots of people were creating memes. You know, yeah, yeah, trying yeah, to problems. to get through to to marketers. A few popped up on on my um, yeah. on my Instagram feed, which is quite interesting. Okay, so. Yeah, um, no, it's this is this is really, 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 really interesting. Okay, so um, to to get started, Chris, how how can um, you know listeners um, you know get started on Teespring if they want to find out more information? How can they connect you know with, with you? Yeah, so super straightforward. Uh, teespring.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look in the top right hand corner, you'll see start designing. And that it's as straightforward as that. Um, there are multiple different resources in our kind of forum, as which you can kind of access. We also have kind of support live chat support teams who can help people uh, kind of walk things through. Um, and and kind of, I, I can't uh, can't state how straightforward this is as a, as a process. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also browse through some of the other products that people that are, that are creative have kind of made and, and pushed onto the platform as well. So that can give you some uh, indication of what type of products traditionally exist. So incredibly low barrier to entry. Mm. But, but yeah, critically what I'd say is, is, is this is really about time. This isn't going to be something where, um, you know, you put 15 minutes in and all of a sudden you generate the sale online. Um, and I think that's where people maybe get a bit frustrated or a bit kind of disheartened. Mm. This is about, you know, thinking of this as, as like a, you know, a new area of your business. And then again, that's why I think the, the proxy to Uber drivers is, is super interesting because mm. you look at the amount of time that those guys are putting in and, you know, I have lots of conversations and you can see that's the way they're thinking about this is time spent equals money on uh, in this in this type of industry. Mm. it makes sense makes sense thank you so much for you know no sharing problem. your time you know talking about um teespring i personally you know uh, think that um teespring you know print and demand platforms such as teespring can be used to to leverage you know a lot of you know branding opportunities for for established businesses or you know businesses trying to connect deeper with the audiences or to even find new audiences you know mm-hmm. um just due to the the reach you you're starting to, to to make through you know these marketplaces and your base your existing customer base anyway um so so yeah there's huge opportunity and um yeah thank you so much for for, for, for coming to the show chris no problem thank you so much for your time great to chat cheers Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Check out 2xecommerce.com forward slash podcast. Also be sure to follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Kone T. Campbell. 
New episodes of the 2X e-commerce podcast come out every Wednesday. If you haven't already, please write us a review and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you liked this episode, share it with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. 2X e-commerce is produced by me, Kune Campbell, with the help of Boban Market. Thank you for listening, everybody, and catch you next week. Cheers. So that was a wrap on this week's episode of 2X e-commerce. Remember, you can catch me every week and also send your questions and comments on Twitter using the hashtag 2xecommerce. Keep yourself in the loop by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. It only takes a few seconds and it means you'll get the most up-to-date episodes to help you grow your online store. Do have a good one till I catch you on the next show. Bye-bye.